and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of the heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Gosh, we are halfway through October, even closer to spooky time. I really hope everyone has their Halloween plans ready. I know I certainly don't. I managed to go flying off an electric scooter this week and really smacked my shoulder on my knees, so I've been a bit delicate, I must say. The writing this was not ideal, but I would never let you all down with some stupid injury that I obtained coming off the scooter. But this monster is one that's been suggested for me to cover for a little while, and it's definitely one that's super spooky and interesting to cover as well, so buckle in. This week we are covering the infamous Kentucky legend that is the Pope Lick Monster. A really horrible name, I certainly don't think Pope and Lick should be in the same sentence, but it certainly is a horrible beast. This cryptid is described as a half-man, half-goat or sheep-like creature that lives under a railway trestle in Pope Lick Creek in Louisville, Kentucky in the US. This monster is renowned for actually having quite a few actual deaths on its hands. Indirectly, of course, but it's quite a rarity for a monster that we'd cover, although a lot more common for cryptids certainly than mythical beasts. It's said that the monster kind of looks like how we described a Wendigo a few episodes ago, if you've listened to that, with a deer skull or a goat head on a goat man's body. So very much fur-covered goat legs, sharp horns from the forehead. Although it's said that the monster has a horribly deformed human-like body. However, every image I've seen of them illustrated doesn't really reflect this. It's very much satyr-looking. You've got the, the goat head male torso and goat legs so it's kind of interesting it's said to have really bony human hands that are usually coated in blood and he carries a large axe which equally is drenched in blood the creature is actually quite humanoid in appearance i suppose and isn't any bigger or smaller than any normal person but its stature is obviously pretty intense with its deer head Although I will say the Popelik monster itself is not usually the perpetrator of the actual deaths reported. It is usually a train or a fall which kills the person. The person is just being controlled by the monster. This is apparently due to the Popelik monster being able to mimic human cries and lure people to get up onto the railway trestle where he then butchers them on the tracks. It also has the power of hypnosis for the same purpose and even being so terrifying to look at that the victim suffers some kind of psychosis and throws themselves in front of a speeding train in fear. It is said to apparently be hysterical once the victim is dead, but considering most who encounter it are now deceased, it is definitely hard to confirm this. Now, on to etymology. There's not really much more to say, to be completely honest. Considering it is named after the area it's found in, It does make the etymology quite boring and very simple, which is a bit of a shame. It is usually my favourite part, but that's easy enough for you. But much more interestingly, the history of this monster is really great. It's said that the monster goes back to the 1960s. However, I cannot find any information to actually back this up. No sighting records or anything. 
but the first sighting was published in 1984, when the first victim of this monster reported that she had seen it, before getting hit by a train, and thankfully surviving. It's said that the origin of the monster varies, though, depending on who tells the story. There are rumours that he is the child of a human-animal interaction. I'm going to stick with the word interaction, but I'm sure you can read between the lines there. Another is that he's the reincarnation of a local farmer who had a deal with the devil, and therefore sacrificed goats. But actually, the most popular is that he was an escaped carny who was out for revenge against a local populace that ridiculed and imprisoned him. I actually really like this one because it actually kind of alludes to the idea of the other two as well, so it's quite interesting. However, let's talk about the area. I think this is probably the most significant thing about this monster. Popelick Park. It's a relatively small park in Louisville in Kentucky. It's home to a small creek, but is mostly dominated by a massive railway trestle, which I've already kind of talked about, but it was built in the 1880s which basically is the opposite of a suspension bridge, and it's suspended above the ground by two sloping legs, so kind of like a dodgy table, I suppose. You would really recognise it if you were a fan of any US Western movies. They're certainly in the older ones. You know the scene where the bridge is broken over the canyon and the train is going over it, and there's this big wooden structure holding it up? That is usually a trestle railway bridge. And they're really not very common over here in the UK, or actually in Europe at all. And I imagine it's solely because of this reputation from John Wayne movies, but they are remarkably common in the US. Now, this specific trestle is 90 foot tall, and it's pretty slim in terms of the width to walk across it. But not only that, it's often said that this train route is not in use anymore. But unfortunately, it's actually a very active train line which is where the people in this story do unfortunately lose their lives. The only reported deaths in this case are always found on, or they're knocked off of the trestle. There are at least eight people who have been killed this way, and their deaths have been attributed to this monster due to the location and the history behind the monster. There are certainly a couple of incidents that we can note following the first non-lethal accident in the 1980s. Now, these were John K. List, who died in 1985, he was hit by a train as he shot crows on the trestle, and he was only actually 30 foot away from the end of the trestle when he died. Then David Wayne Bryant in 1986, who jumped off the trestle to avoid a train, who died from his injuries at only 19. Jack Charles Barn II, who was 17 in 1987 when he was struck and killed by a train when crossing. And this certainly didn't stop in the 1990s or the noughties, with Brady in 1992, who was on the trestle late at night. He jumped out the way of the train, held on to the tracks for as long as he could, before falling to his death at just 19 years old. James Retterman was 35 in 1994, when he was trapped under an overturned quad bike and was hit by the train. Then lastly, Nicholas Jewell, who in 2000, when he was 19, he fell after trying to get out of the way of a moving train. Now, there was a bit of a break after all of these incidents in the 80s, 90s, and noughties, but we did have the most recent incidents in 2016, and these ones, most importantly, are actually associated with the monster, because the people actually went looking for it following the spates of death in those previous times. So Raquel Bain, who was 26 when she was hit by a train, when trying to find the monster with her boyfriend on the trestle, 
Thankfully, her boyfriend did survive as he hung onto the side of the tracks and managed to hold on for the good five to ten minutes that it takes the train to pass. And lastly, Savannah Bright, who was only 15, was the latest victim in 2019 when she was hit by a train whilst trying to find the monster too. All of these cases are, of course, unbelievably sad, and usually the victims are very young, but the common denominator is that really the monster is the train and the trestle. But due to the hypnotic powers this monster is believed to have and convince you to get onto the trestle, the belief in the monster is still upheld. It's kind of a weird catch-22. However, of course, I will say too that many more people have been killed on this trestle since its construction. These are just ones that made it to the press because of the monster a lot of the time. So as you can imagine, it's really dangerous to be around this area. And strangely, instead of warning people away from this area in fear, probably what this monster was conceived to do, people actively go and hunt for this monster. There is now an eight-foot fence to keep people away from the trestle itself, but people do still scale it and hunt for this legend in a fad called legend tripping. In fact, there was a film made about this trestle in 1988 and the monster after the first death and the train line was horrified to hear that the film had said the track was not in use, so the company ended up putting out public notices, building the fence, and made speeches at the premiere of the film to warn people that it was in fact a heavily used track, and to avoid the trestle at all costs. I will say now, if you're listening to this in Kentucky, or are a fan of legend tripping, please, 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 I can't say it enough, do not go near this location. It is so unsafe, be there a monster or not. Your life is never, ever worth finding something like this. I would be devastated to hear that another person loses their life in the hunt of something as silly as a murderous goat man legend. And as much as we celebrate these monsters and the belief of them in this podcast, please do not let these beliefs blind you to reason either. I'll stop being your mum now, I promise, but please don't do that. Interestingly though, Goatmen are not unique throughout history either. We have got a goat version of the devil which is heavily implied throughout modern and older media, with the devil either possessing goats, being linked to goats, or even having goat legs, as well as Baphomet being an actual goat man in appearance, who we know is a variation of the devil. But we also have satyrs and fauns from Greek mythology, with satyrs being the evil goatmen who are heavily linked to the devil anyway, and fauns being the whimsical representation of nature and friendly forest folks, like Mr. Tumnus in the Narnia universe. They've been around in folklore since the Greeks and the Romans, and obviously that dates back to at least the 9th century BC. So although this myth is certainly more modern, the idea of the evil murderous goatmen is not a new one. And of course, I will say we will be covering these legendary beasts in other episodes along the line, as they've all got really good content, loads of it as well, and that is certainly including the devil, by the way. We do intend to cover him at some point. Just one last thing, though, before we move on. There is a group of people who are trying to come up with a way to stop people from going onto the trestle for the monster by erecting a statue of it on the public footpath safely under the bridge for photo ops. I think it's a fantastic idea, and you can find out more on the Beargrass website, which is a Louisville local seed bank and podcast too. They have a great blog post on the monster that I posted on Twitter, so you can find them that way. They really helped my research this week, and they're all local, so if you're interested in trying to erect this statue with them, certainly get in touch. 
Now, onto modern media, I do have to admit, I really struggled with this one this week. There is absolutely nothing on this monster bar the short film, and that's 16 minutes long from 1988, so it's not the best quality, and there's a single Monsters and Mysteries in America episode. So obviously, I'm mentioning these now, they'll come up in the little segment bit, but I'm mostly focusing this week on where you can see evil Goatmen monsters represented within these modern medias this week. So for art, I would really recommend independent stuff this week as per my usual cryptid spiel. The artwork that I use this week is really cool. It's from an American artist who does a lot of monster work. So I'll probably use it again. You'll probably hear his name again and again within this. You can find him under Jamie Snell on ArtStation. In movies, we have the Legend of the Pope Lick Monster film, which is that one from 1988. Then we have the Goatmen highlighting films, such as My Neighbour Totoro, Ringing Bell, Zootopia, The Day of the Best, The Vich, Drag Me to Hell, and Krampus. Obviously, if you remember the Krampus episode, we did kind of talk about the Goatmen version, and Krampus certainly does represent that himself. For TV, we have Monsters and Mysteries in America, Gotham, Grimm, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Green Eggs and Ham, Digimon, Dragon Ball Super, Berserk, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, My Little Pony and Friends, Total Drama, and Scrappy Happy Daffy, which is a Looney Tunes short featuring Hitler, certainly an interesting one if you've ever seen it. In video games, we have ones such as Apocalypse, The Binding of Isaac, Castlevania Circle of the Moon, Catherine, Cult of the Lamb, Cuphead, Death Road to Canada, Devil May Cry 2, Diablo 2 and 3, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, Spy Fox, Undertale, Doom Eternal, Dragon Quest V, Elden Ring, Dune 2, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, Night in the Woods, Quest for the Shaven Yak, and Witchery. Now my book recommendation this week is The United States of Cryptids, A Tour of American Myths and Monsters by J.W. Ocker, for some really great summaries of US cryptids. I believe I've recommended this one before, it's a great book. Oh, there's also American Monsters, A History of Monster Lore, Legends and Sightings in America by Linda S. Godfrey too for the same topic. Again, I think I've recommended this one before. For cryptids, these two really do have it covered. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? So much as I want a real monster to be taking people out here, it just seems that it's a vicious cycle with this one. That a monster myth exists so people go and investigate it in an unbearably unsafe area and then they die through these means and that feeds the monster myth. Therefore, in theory, people are going to keep the myth going rather than the monster itself. Although, in contrast to this, maybe the legend was created in order to keep people away but has unfortunately had the complete opposite effect and made monster hunters actually go and look for the beast and thus creating that cycle. Again, it is strange that this monster is made responsible for the deaths caused in this area by something completely logical and human. It's certainly a very odd mythical beast because of this, and makes it completely unique to anything I've ever looked at before. I will certainly say that I think it creates a more eerie feeling around this monster, as it does actually have a body count attributed to it. It was rare enough to give me the creeps this week, which really is pretty rare for me. I think the last one that scared me whilst researching was Slenderman, which I think is fair enough, and actually, he too has that actual real-life body count, so it does certainly make them more real in my mind at least, but I'm sure it does for you too. 
But what do you think? Do you think the Popelik monster really exists? Or is it just the train and trestle that's the monster here? I would love to know what you think. Please do let me know on Twitter. But what a horrible sounding monster, and one that all too well reflects the fears of a local community, and certainly seems like it has a horrendous backfire on them. I really do hope not to read of any more deaths on this trestle, especially ones as young as some of the victims, and certainly as recently as 2019 too. That just breaks my heart. Now to any younger listeners, please do heed my warning earlier, and please never ever venture onto train tracks or train property ever in any circumstances. That's my last warning, but I really do mean that. It's so unsafe and... I mean, adults too, please don't trespass on train tracks. It's so dangerous and it really just chills me to the bone, the idea of it. But next week on more happier news, we're heading over to Japan, which is possibly one of the funnier monsters that comes from the east. And it's one that's linked with testicles and raccoons. Yes, it's the Tanuki. Make sure you are ready for some mischief next Thursday. We certainly need it after such a sad one this week. But I'm really excited to cover this monster. It's been on the top of my list for a very long time. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. And the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk and you can find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. But come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. For now though, stay spooky and I'll see you later babes. <laughs>